Shot. He scores! And the Ballers win! Helena is no longer undefeated! I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Barons win! Barons win! Cody Jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots, including a penalty shot in overtime. Somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game. You like that? Jansen has a heart. You're smoking crack! I think Stephen A. does a great job of describing how uh, wild people are feeling. But hey, the sun comes up. It's a beautiful day in Alberta. It's Cody Jansen coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios. Yes, yes, yes. We are World Hockey Report. I'm on Twitter at Janner on PXP. The show's at World Hockey RPT and Tyler Cool at TJKU29. You can connect with us there anytime. World Hockey Report live. You're watching on 12 Ounce Sports Hockey Podcast Network or Zingo TV channel 761. Say what's up. Hop in the conversation because yeah. There's a lot to talk about here. The Wild gets slapped in game number five. The Oilers, late comeback, dominated in overtime. The Bruins get steamrolled. And Toronto with a comeback on Tampa. Are the Bolts in trouble? We'll dive into all of that on World Hockey Report here. What is going on, guys? Again, if you got a comment, hop in the YouTube chat. Have a conversation there. It's a beautiful Wednesday. And don't forget, Stanley Cup playoffs means W-H-R-O-T challenge. It's back. That's right. We're presented by player this year. So whenever a playoff game goes to overtime, you have to hop on Twitter and pick your goal scores using the hashtag W-H-R-O-T challenge to be entered to win an awesome World Hockey Report prize pack presented by player hammer down the hashtag WHROT challenge to win today. We had some winners last night. Let me whip it up on Twitter here as well. Shout out to everyone who picked Adrian Campe, Brian on Twitter, Blackhawks nation, Alex Micheletti, my guy from Minnesota. Oh boy. Do we got a lot to talk about Alex, but shout out to you for hammering the WHROT challenge last night and getting yourself entered. Don't forget The more people that play, the more people that win, the more prizes available. So tell your friends. Get them using hashtag WHROT challenge. We're not like the Bucci Overtime Challenge. We're not just picking select few. If you pick it right, you're getting entered to win prizes from Player Athletics, World Hockey Report, and all of our great sponsors, including Pro Rock, Hockey Sticks, Coco Vodka, Lord Co. Auto Parts, Vice Golf, I mean, there's a ton. I, I can go through the whole box. Hey, give me a second. It's right here. That's what you got. It's a full bucket of prizes. That's what you are competing for every time you use hashtag WHROT challenge. Plus, plus a lot more coming your way from player athletics. Okay, let's dive into the games last night. Carolina beats Boston 5-1 in Carolina. I just don't think the Bruins can win on the road. I don't know if it's in their heads by this point. But again, Swayman allows four on 37. Not a bad outing for him. But again, you you just can't be getting minimal production from your offense. Like Clifton's the only goal scorer in that game. 
It was a bad effort all round by the Boston Bruins. You need your stars to be better, and it just isn't working out like that. Also, shout out to Seth Jarvis. Remember when the Oilers thought they were getting him? Well, yeah, now he's been a dominant force in the playoffs. Two goals in game number five for the Canes. Kids absolutely clutch. We are going to talk about it with Sarah Griffin from the NHL. Content at NHL. Sarah Griffin's going to hop on after the break here. We'll talk Bruins, and then we're talking pens with Jesse Marshall from The Athletic. That's coming up later on in the show today. Toronto beats Tampa 4-3. Huge comeback. Huge comeback by the Leafs. They score three in the third period. I mean, Matthews with the game winner. Willie Nylander chips in after getting chirped by everyone. Like, say what you want about these kids. They're going through some learning lessons right now. Sometimes you got to learn the hard way. Sometimes old grouchy writers saying throw a stick of dynamite in it doesn't always work. So maybe you just trust them a little bit. Let them play run and gun hockey. Maybe it works out for you better than trying to play systems with kids who are not, you know, simple-minded hockey players. They're creative. They want that freedom. Marner, instead of, you know, trying some old-school slap shot top shelf, you know, rip it for the top corner. No, he just feathers one off the pad. It's a perfect pad pass. Uh, shout out Brett Matthews, Missoula Mahler's kid was the absolute stud at that back in the day. But Marner... Perfect pad pass. Matthews, back in the net. Bingo. Leafs win. Up 3-2 in the series. Chance to close it out in Tampa. But don't forget, the Bolts, I mean, Vasilevsky, they don't lose back-to-back games in the playoffs. So that one's likely going 7. I say likely, but, I mean, you can probably bet the farm on it. Uh, Okay, we got to get to the other games as well. St. Louis beats Mini 5-2. Tarasenko, natural hat trick. Is that good? Is that good, Wild fans? I'm not sure. Uh, The factor, Ryan O'Reilly with one. Brandon Saad with the other. Bennington stops 30 out of 32. uh, 938 save percentage. Like, has there been shaky moments when watching Jordan Bennington in these past couple of games? Yes. Has there also been moments when you're like, oh, shit, yeah, this guy won a cup in 2019? Yeah. Yeah. If you're a Wild fan, probably some cause to be concerned. I don't know. Again, I'm curious to know your thoughts. You can join the conversation, Evan, anytime in the YouTube chat, Facebook, wherever you're watching on. Don't forget, you can hit us up on Twitter as well, at World Hockey RPT. Flurry allows four on 31. That's an 871 save percentage for him. Does he start game six? I can't believe, and again, I'm not going to lose my mind here. I can't believe they haven't given Cam Talbot a shot. If they go down swinging with Marc-Andre Fleury and losing six against the St. Louis Blues and they don't play their best goalie for them all season long, you got to consider the coach. You got to consider on Everson. I'm sorry, but it has to happen because that's a bad decision. You can't have a goalie with an 8-7-1 in the playoffs and expect to win damn hockey games. 
Roll with the guy who got you there. Just because Marc-Andre Fleury has cups from how many years ago doesn't mean he has to play in the playoffs in 2022. Like, it's really, it's not rocket science here. It's not like he won a cup last year. It's not like he's been standing on his head all season long. No, it's just Marc-Andre Fleury. He's got a big name. Play Cam Talbot in game six. It's not that hard. It's so, oh, well, now he's cold. Shut up. He's an NHL goaltender. He can handle. He can get himself mentally prepared for a game six. But if you don't play Cam Talbot for one second in this series, your job's got to be on the line. Your decision-making has to be on the line because this is the year for the Minnesota Wild. Next year, they're just going to get a lot worse. All that money goes on the books. How about the comments by Jason Arman on Ryan Suter? Oh, bury the guy on Cam and Strick podcast. Shout out uh, Cam Jansen, Andy Strickland. Go download their podcast as well. I won't use the clip, but you can go listen to it. Uh, Jason Arnett, very, very strongly worded towards uh, the attitude or, yeah, no, a lot of attitude from Ryan Suter. Interesting comments there as well. Uh, Blues take game five, five, two, and the Oilers. Do we really have to talk about this? Do we really have to talk about this? I don't know. Producer Bryce, you're in trouble. I, I don't want to talk about the Oilers. I don't. I'll, you guys talk about the Oilers. I'm sick of the hope. I'm sick of the faith. Yes, the sun came up. It's another day. They still have a great chance to win this series. Don't get me wrong. How do you get dominated like that in overtime? How does that happen? Did they touch the puck? Why was Darnell Nurse not on the ace? You're nine-plus million-dollar defenseman. You're not going to stick him on the ice to start overtime? Are you not trying to win? Also, McDavid and Dreisaitl, you're the two best players in the world, and you can't get things settled down after a rocky start? Like, they're lucky LA didn't score five seconds in. However long that chance was. The Oilers are lucky. That overtime went more than 10 seconds. But just to get absolutely whomped like that in overtime, after a great third period, after you build all this momentum and you come out that flat in overtime, something's got to change. The message isn't getting through. If there is a message, it ain't getting through. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Because... How does your leadership core, who's been embarrassed in the playoffs, who's won Stanley Cups, who've gone on playoff runs? Brett Kulak went to the cup final last year. I'm not saying he's got to be this veteran presence, but how does the how does the message not get through of hey, we can't just sit back in overtime and be happy we built momentum before the intermission. That wipes away. It's a fresh slate. You got to come out harder than ever. Like what What was said between the third period and overtime? I would love to know. I would love to be a fly on the wall. Because clearly that message didn't get through. 
I don't think Mike Smith played terrible. Is there probably a couple he wants back? Yeah. Is there probably a couple Jonathan Quick wants back? Yeah, I mean, quick finish with an 8.57, 24 stomps. Uh, Smith with an 8.84 with 38 saves. The the thing, okay, we're going to leave it on. Well, we're going to leave game five on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are Smith's numbers not a little inflated based by how many bad shots LA takes in this series? Like, just muffins they're throwing on goal just to throw pucks on net. Like, it looks like Dustin Brown in 2012. Well, the Kings in 2012. They're just throwing everything on goal, trying to grind, trying to crash and bang. It's not pretty hockey. But, I don't know. Does that inflate Smith's numbers a little bit here? Are we giving him too much credit for this series? Because he he wasn't great. Was he even good in Game 5? He made some big saves. Don't get me wrong. Like, there is one or two... Pretty much guaranteed goals. I think the Kings finished with around five expected goals in the game, and the Oilers were just around two. So, yeah, I mean, that that, that would mean that per stats, Smith outplayed quick, and, I mean, the save percentage doesn't lie either. But I think that there's a, probably a dozen to 15 saves a game that are just floaters on goal from the Kings just trying to throw something on net. Not that I'm trying to bury Mike Smith here. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, the Oilers are going to need to turn things around. The good news, they had a great game three in L.A. Why don't you just replicate that? It's that simple, right? Hey, uh, I mean, McDavid, Dreisaitl, three-point nights. Dreisaitl's obviously playing through something. Like, you know, I don't need to dive into it, but it's pretty clear something is ailing him. McDavid, I said I want to see him steal a game. Two goals in the playoffs ain't good enough. I'm sorry. I mean, you can feed me all this, oh, tap in, oh, assist, always doing this. I want to see McDavid have a hat trick. I want to see McDavid take over a game so that when you look back after 60 minutes, you go, holy shit, the only reason we won was because of Connor McDavid. Excuse the language, but that's that's what I want you to be saying. And that's what I expect the best player in the damn world to do. Because after that Blues game last night, go on Twitter. Look up Tarasenko. Stole the game. Took over the game. Superstar, big moment. Vladdy Tarasenko took over the game for the Blues. He's the reason they won. He's clutch. He shows up big in the brightest moments, the biggest stage on the damn road in Minnesota. They're trailing, and Vladimir Tarasenko comes through clutch with a hat trick. That's what I want my superstars to do. Game six goes Thursday. I'm done talking about the Oilers. Sick of it. They got to start winning, though. Hey, you still got a chance. Oilers in seven? You get the faith? Let me know, Oilers Nation. Hey, uh, don't forget, you find the best player tracking information on Quack Stats. Follow them on social media. Go check out their website and app for more today. Quack Stats, the absolute best in player tracking technology. When we come back, we'll talk Bruins with Sarah Griffin from the NHL and Jesse Marshall from the Penguins. It's Cody Jansen with you. This is World Hockey Report. What we do here is go back, 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 back.
Thrill Talk here, Port Cody Jansen, joining you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios. Be sure to go check out SeatGeek. Use promo code WHR. Get $20 off your first purchase today. That's promo code WHR on SeatGeek. Join now by Sarah Griffin, NHL content. Sarah, what's going on? How you doing? Pretty good. Living the dream, you know. Living the dream, bussing. I mean, it's it's been a busy week for you, right? You had the lacrosse draft. We won't talk about that league last night, uh, especially not on this show. People love when we talk lacrosse, <laughs> though. But also, your Bruins. Oh, man, they they just can't win in Carolina. Are you getting a little worried? Uh, I am getting worried just because, well, they do have game six in Boston. Even if they force game seven, they have to go back to Raleigh. And it's very clear their biggest problem is that they cannot win away <laughs> okay we we will dive into the Bruins I gotta ask though which series outside of that one has uh caught your attention or have you enjoyed a little bit at least um I watched all of the Avalanche Predators series just because I'm a huge Kale McCarr fan so I am rooting for them <laughs> never would have guessed <laughs> kid's an absolute stud as well I I mean if we're gonna talk about the Norris Trophy the way Yossi performed, the way Kale McCarr performed, I think it's a pretty easy decision. And yes, I know it doesn't come into the playoffs, but uh, we'll dive into that another time. Hey, back into the Bruins series. Obviously, the trail in 3-2 game six goes tonight in Boston. Are you, uh, I mean, what concerns you the most about the Bruins? Is it the goaltending? Is it the lack of secondary scoring? Where is the big concern, you know, in our do-or-die situation? For me, it's not so much the goaltending. I think definitely the secondary scoring stuck out for me. They did put back together that top line with Pasta back up there. He was on the second line to start the series. That's where he was for most of the second half of the regular season. And that top line, especially when they're back in Boston, were rolling. But then after that, like, you really haven't seen anything from any of those other lines, especially, like, any of, like, Taylor Hall, like, it's almost kind of felt like he's been invisible out there. He's one I think of. Eric Hall also on the second line. He was like such a big part of the success they had in the second half of the season. And everyone was like, okay, well, I guess we didn't need a second center. And now it's like, yeah, we did. We did need to go get something at the trade deadline or sign someone in the off season. So definitely secondary scoring. And then also just defense. It has been tough because Hampus Lindholm went down after game one. And we were without McAvoy on Sunday, but they still won that game. But I feel like there's also just so little room for error with the Hurricanes. And then also they keep getting these, like, giving them so many power play opportunities. And obviously the Hurricanes are going to capitalize on that. So so what you're saying is you got to stay out of the box. Also, Oilers fans are going to love the shot at Taylor Hall there. I wanted to ask about Hall, though, because, I mean, the end of the season, he ceased, really started to buzz around the ice a little bit, and now it's kind of gone cold. What's the issue with that second line? Yeah, I don't know if it's because they took Pasta off that line, because I feel like Pasta and Taylor Hall really worked well together. But then also Jake DeBrest has been having such a good second half of the season. And I thought he's looked pretty good so far this series. Like, I think he's been making plays and setting people up. He has these little, like, mistakes every now and then. But I think especially with, like, guys like Taylor Hall and Eric Halla, who we know they can perform up to the second line standards, it's just been weird to see them, like, completely go flat. And it's like, unless the top line's out there, there's just no chance of, 
anyone scoring. Last night, the only person to score was Connor Clifton. <laughs> so what are you saying? Do they just scratch Charlie McAvoy or what? Just give him COVID again and say, hey, we won without you. We're 1-0. Yeah. Charlie McAvoy, we don't need you anymore. That, that win on Sunday was probably the most dominant win out of those two wins they do have. So, but yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's like, unless the top line's out there, I pretty much like, all right, nothing's happening here. It's kind of crazy though. When you look at McAvoy's numbers, he's averaging almost five minutes per game, more than anyone of time on ice. Like, I don't know. When I see that, I start to question the coaching. Do you think Bruins fans are doing that too, or is it just me overreacting at stats? Oh, no. I definitely think if they lose this series, there's going to be a lot of people around here calling for Bruce Cassidy's head because they need to have a scapegoat in the situation. And I feel like that's just like the easiest person to pin it on. And also, when you look back, like the Bruins have had so many, like, rosters better than I think this one over the last few years that they should have gone and won the cup, especially in like 2019. Like that was, I think that was their perfect window right there. And ever since then, it's just like, okay, now we're just going to go for these playoff runs, but you're never going to get there. And Bruce Cassidy's obviously never won a Stanley cup with the Bruins. So it is something to think about in that sense. So let's just Pretend they win game six tonight. Going into game seven in Carolina, who's going to be that difference maker? Like, I, I mean, I would assume it's Swayman who goes between the pipes. Like, he might as well get the kid experience, in my opinion. But, like, can Brad Marchand steal you a game seven? Still, obviously, he's leading in points right now. Oh, yeah. I think it would come down. It's going to be one of those top line guys, which is crazy things that I think Bruce Cassie said a couple days ago. He's like, Patrice Bergeron's the oldest guy, one of the oldest guys on this team, and he sometimes looks like the youngest out there. I think it's either going to be him or Marshawn, and then also you'll need another big game from Swayman to win a game seven. What did you make of that Marshawn-D'Angelo situation? Because obviously it's been a heated series between those two. Oh uh, <laughs> I will. So I'm a shameless Brad Marshawn defender, and I know everyone – outside of Boston hate him and I completely get that and I will say I was a little satisfied seeing all these people that also don't like Tony D'Angelo be like uh why did I have to be Brad Marshall <laughs> that's instigating this but I mean again that's his job though he's an agitator and he's the best in the league at it everyone would love to have Brad Marchand on their on their team and if they wouldn't they're lying to you exactly like, I obviously love him because he's one of the best of the best for the Bruins. But, yeah, I totally get being on the other side. Like, I hate this guy, but I would love to have him on my team. <laughs> do you think this is going to cut deep? Do you think this could be the last year of Bergeron in Boston? I don't think so. There's been so much talk about it, and maybe that's just me trying to convince myself <laughs> that it's not <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, if not, then why why do you think he chooses to stay if this team goes through a rebuild? Do you just think the loyalty runs that deep for him in Boston? Yeah, which that could just be delusional of me because obviously there's usually really no loyalty in sports. But 
just by the sounds of it and the way he talks to the team, it doesn't sound like he's done quite yet. I do think if it's not this year, then it's probably next year. But... Hey, we're not talking about Kyrie Irving here. I mean, the loyalty in Boston on the hockey team seems to be around a little bit more. I guess looking <laughs> looking at the future then, if this dynasty comes to a close and they do end up, you know, losing out in the first round here, do you put a stick of dynamite in it and blow it up and, and start building for the future? Or, you know, put your GM hat on, Sarah? I do think this roster, even if they do make it past this first round, I think just in general, this whole team's going to look very, very different come next year. I don't know, just the entire year, I'm like, okay, they've been kind of lackluster, I feel like, and it's the need of, like, you need more youth in there. You need to make some sort of change. And I think it's time getting to that point where the turning point, you have to start building around guys like Pasta and McAvoy for the coming years. Sarah Griffin, my guest, digital content at the NHL. Interview brought to you by Billy Smelling Salts. Use promo code WHR on Billy's Smelling Salts. Sarah, I know I've asked about blowing this team up, but also, do you think if they get past the Canes, they've got a chance to go on a run? Because if, if they would win this series, and correct me if I'm wrong again, I've been wrong once or twice in my life, wouldn't they end up playing the Penguins in round two? I am nervous about that because I was saying from the beginning that so I was like, all right, it's not like the hardest round, at least in this division, is going through the first round against the Hurricanes. Exactly. I'm not that worried. But then now, especially having watched the Penguins and Rangers series, I'm like, I don't know how this Bruins team wants to tack up against the Penguins. <laughs> yeah, but you're facing Louis Domingue. I mean, this guy's a practice roster goaltender. I know, and he's looking like the winner up against the Rangers. (laughs) Okay, okay. I guess we won't just roast the Penguins. We do got Jesse Marshall coming up here after the break. But uh, I got to ask you about Jake Dabrowski as well. I mean, local boy up here in Edmonton. Wanted out, wanted out, wanted out. All of a sudden, he's staying. He signs a new ticket. And he's kind of changed his season around. And and I think Bruins fans are coming around on him a little bit. Am I wrong? Oh, people are coming around on it, which I've been on the Take the Rust train like for the last few years, even when he has been kind of at these low points. So I'm thrilled to see it happening. And I'm like, okay, this is what happens. I feel like especially last season, like they're playing him on his offside. He was bouncing between like second, third, fourth line sometimes. And now like he had that opportunity to play on the top line. And of course, when you're playing with Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, I hope you're performing like, well up to standards and whatnot but also just on his own he's been very good individually and I'm super happy to see it I feel like he's had a pretty solid series like I said that second line's been pretty quiet but but I think he's had a good series by himself at least well, it's good for the expectations of people thought he was just going to be a healthy scratch for the rest of his life, if you ask Bruins fans a couple months ago. But, uh, yeah. Sarah, i got to put you on the hot seat here. Who's got a better chance to win in seven, the Minnesota Wild or the Edmonton Oilers? Ooh. Oh, gosh. Just seeing how, having watched the games that the Wilds have lost this series, and then, like, last night, the Oilers game. I would give the Oilers in seven just because I feel like the Wilds, like, start off so strong, and then they just flip it away, whereas the Oilers, like, they're fighting for the full 60 minutes and so on. 
There you go. That's the right answer. That's the right answer for World <laughs> Hockey Report, Sarah. Hey, we appreciate you taking the time here. You got a podcast as well, though. Plug it. Where's, uh, where can people find that? Oh, yeah. Our podcast is Saturdays and Seltzers. It's on Twitter at Sat and Seltzers Pod. Perfect, perfect. And you're on Twitter at SKG underscore 18. Interesting. I mean, 18, is that just, uh, you throwing out a random number? Or is that an athlete tag right there? It was my lacrosse number in like middle school and high school. <laughs> there you go. See, athlete tag right there. Everyone, I had to get rid of the number. I'm like, I'm not an athlete anymore, so I can't rock with it. But again, it's, <laughs> uh, it's fun while it lasts being an athlete. Sarah, this has been a blast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck with everything. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. You too. Jesse Marshall is coming up after the break on World Hockey Report. Get ready to win with Billy's Smelling Salts. Billy's Smelling Salts are for gamers, athletes, and competitors alike who want to get in the zone. Us at World Hockey Report teamed up with Billy's, and if you use the promo code WHR when checking out, you'll save yourself some money. The highest quality smelling salts in the game and at the best price point if you use the promo code WHR on Billy's. Billy's Smelling Salts. Get ready to win. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Take your game to the next level with Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. Pro Rock is changing the way we buy top-of-the-line twigs. They're lightweight, balanced, and provide the perfect kick point. Whether you're a pro hockey player or a beer league legend, Pro Rock Hockey Sticks are made for you. They're at a price point you can't beat, so check them out today at ProRock.com. Play like a Pro Rock. It's Stanley Cup playoff time in the NHL. And if you want to save some money on your next ticket purchase, sign up for SeatGeek and use promo code WHR when checking out. It's that simple on SeatGeek. When you use promo code WHR on your first purchase, you'll save What we do here is go back, 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 back. 
Thrilled Hockey Report, Cody Jansen with you. Coming to you live on 12-Ounce Sports Hockey Podcast Network. Join the conversation anytime. Huge thanks to Sarah Griffin for hopping on earlier in the show. Now we bring on Jesse Marshall, Penn's writer for The Athletic. Jesse, we got to talk about Louis Domingue, don't we? Like, he's been this huge story in this Penn series, and they're up 3-1 going into game four. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of, uh, you know, I think it kind of starts and ends there for me. Um, you know, I think for everybody really, um, that's been, you know, you don't, you don't, I guess you're trying to think back even, you know, in the annals of, you know, my mind and in history, um, of times that a team has, you know, done this in any round really as a playoffs with a third string goalie. And I think you'd probably be haphazard to draw more than five examples, um, over the course of time. So gods are you know, certainly stacked against him. I mean, I don't think people realize that um, he didn't really play a lot this year. It was kind of like really stagnant for most of the season and cold for most of the season. So to be called upon, you know, the situation that he has been and the way that he has been, it's been quite remarkable. Um, I don't think he's had to, you know, be anything really amazing in his time. Um, he's had to just be average. I think that's really all the Penguins need. Um, but it's, that's, that's exactly, I think what they've, um, what they've gotten out of him and some, you know, especially in game four is I think the one where he really shined the most. Yeah. I, I think the only example again, off the top of my head that I can really think of with a third string in the playoffs would be the Oilers in 06 when Rollison went down to the, I think marketing was supposed to be the backup played a game, kind of struggled against the Canes and Ty Conklin. Went in. Maybe I got that backwards, but that's the only one I can really think of. Uh, again, the Louis Domingue story is crazy, especially just how he comes in cold in a double overtime game. Like that's that's nuts. But we got to go back to Game Four, a seven-two win, five goals in the second period. Like it was an absolute throttling. Why do you think the Pens are having such su- success against the Rangers in playoffs here? I you know. Well, so I think one, they're an experienced group. I mean, you know, this the core of this team's been through. Uh, four finals, um, four deep runs, um, you know, another conference uh, finals run on top of that. So, you know, as far as knowing what it takes to get it done at this time of the year, they have, I think, the advantage in the Rangers young team over uh, over that young team in spades. But I think it's just, you know, there's something amiss going into the playoffs with the Penguins, something that made me pick the Rangers in six. Um, it was that four check that, you know, the Penguins sort of live and die on, you know, their ability to get up ice and disrupt the other team was just missing and when it was missing they were getting you know really they were getting eaten alive uh, you know it's kind of getting beat up on um and i think you know in particular really uh you know down that stretch run um it was difficult on them um and they were not really in tune with their game i think mike sullivan was frustrated they didn't really have the trappings of a team that looked poised to make you know anything other than a whimper in the postseason um that's all just that's all changed you know i think they, they found their game they found their rhythm. They've gotten back to their forecheck. All the hallmarks are there. Um, it's really just, to me, it's a, it's a reset to what made them successful four or five months ago. Um, that you know, It's getting back to those basics and really embracing the way that the coach wants the team to play the game. Jesse, you really don't have to admit you picked the Rangers on here. We weren't going to blow you up or anything. <laughs> Jesse Marshall, my guest from The Athletic. We got to talk about Crosby and Malkin because... Are they on 2017 form? Can I say that? I'd probably go back even further than that. Um, <laughs> I said earlier today, I think 2012 form. Okay. Uh, it's probably right. Yeah, they, they've rewound the clock a good 10 years. 
Um, when you look at the playoff point totals right now, and Sidney Crosby's right up there, you know, near the top, at the top of that mountain. Um, you know, I, I posted uh, on Twitter that last night in Game Four, his unit had controlled a total of 92% uh, of the expected goals in the contest um, cumulatively over the course of the series. That's not been as extreme, but you know, you're looking at him controlling about three fourths of the game. That's a recipe for disaster. Um, you can go back to the Nashville Predators a couple years ago in 2017 and ask them about that. Um, they tried to live that way for six games and it didn't work. Uh, a lot of people have fallen victim to that from Sidney Crosby over their span of his career, but make no mistake about it. I mean, that's the, that's the engine that makes the whole thing go right now. And um, it just, I mean, really just truly a, a, a performance for me, Cody, that like, transcends time you know um fountain of youth type stuff uh you know he not to like bemoan the general hockey media but like Sidney Crosby wasn't a story in 2022 right like there were a lot of things that happened uh Austin Matthews Alex Ovechkin all these guys you know they were all stories and they all did great things nobody paid real attention so he came back late he had a wrist surgery he was off for the first couple um, you know, months of the season. Uh, and then like he went about his business as a point per game player at 34 and everybody kind of just scoffed at him like, Oh, you know, that's fine. He's doing his thing. But I think it was, this is for me anyway, you know, a general, and I know I realized you asked me about Malkin too, and I haven't even discussed him, but for me, this is like a general reminder to everybody of what is going on in Pittsburgh on a regular basis. You know, this is every night thing, you know, the Crosby that has the third eye, in the back of his head and it's distributing the puck like a wizard, changing the tempo of the game, you know, still reaching into his bag of tricks to beat people in a one-on-one -on -one individualistic nature. It's the whole thing. It's the, it's the, the classic gamut, you know, that we've come to expect from him. And I think so it makes it fun, right? That's it's, it's nostalgic. It's vintage. Um, I think it's something people have wanted to see uh, for a couple of years now. And they're finally kind of getting back to it again after, you know, some really frustrating first round exits. Or were you surprised to see Malkin come back to this form? No, uh, you know, I, well, I guess there's always the question, right? Anytime somebody gets hurt um, and, and has, you know, a, a nagging uh, lower body injury that they're dealing with, you always have that question, right? Like what form are you going to see them in? Um, but I, I, you know, I think that they had that time to reflect during the suspension, right? <laughs> Where he kind of like, you know, I think stewed in what he did for a little bit and was chomping at the bit. Uh, to kind of get back. Um, and now he's kind of just, you know, I, I think, I think in the grand scheme of things, right. I mean, you look at all the storylines in the series, you know, Louis, you talked about Louis Domingue. We talked about Sidney Crosby. Chris Letang has been revolutionary. I think defensively, John Marino, Malkin's not really getting a huge spotlight, but I think he's been consistently even throughout the series. Uh, analytically, I think the data backs that up. Maybe hasn't had the pop, the goals and the wow moments. Um, of a Crosby line as a whole, but individualistically, I think he's been good. And if Ricard Raquel's back soon, that's just going to really help him out even more um, and get, you know, get him dead. That, getting the two of them rolling Crosby and Malkin is just, that's a game changer. Um, and you, you feel like you're almost kind of close to that right now. You know, Raquel can be the straw that stirs the drink there. Talk to me about Jake Gensel. I mean, th this kid's obviously, he's got a touch to score, but what makes his game so special that, you know, he can play with some of the best players in the world easily? 
coach's son, man, his, his dad's a pretty, pretty good coach in his own right. Mike Gensel, uh, in the NCAA level, you could, I just, you get the sense he picked a lot up from his dad, uh, you know, watching people all those years. Um, but I think the first thing is his just slipability, right? Like, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's a 40 goal scorer. So he's a part of your game plan. I think as an opposing defenseman, you want to mark him and stop him, but finding him is hard because he's just so slippy. And sometimes you'll see in the offensive zone, you know, he's working against the grain. So the puck's moving one way and Jake Ensel's moving the other. And he's taking himself out of the frame to sort of, you know, reposition himself um, in a scoring area unmarked. So it's just little things, you know, the ability to get open um, and the ability, I think here's the other thing too, Cody, not just the ability to get open. A lot of people could do that. It's the ability to get open and act quickly and to think, uh, I think at a higher premier level, um, that is a requirement to play successfully with Sidney Crosby. Um, you know, Chris Kunitz used to jokingly say uh, that sometimes playing with Sidney Crosby was borderline annoying because the amount of feedback that you were getting in between each shift was so overwhelming and nuanced that he was calling things out you were doing that you didn't even know you were doing. So how can I fix it if I don't even know I'm doing it, right? Like it's subconsciously. So, you know, it's that, that's that way. It is that way. Um, and I, I, you know, for Genso, I don't think he has to work hard at that. I think that's something that's very innate to him. It comes naturally. And that's why it's been such an organic fit from the time he came into the league to present. Um, you know, I think, again, going to be a huge part of the, of, of the USA hockey program, um, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, the, the amount of goals he could score. He's proven he could do it without the big two. Um, you know, I know that's, that's often the narrative, you know, I think nationally as well. He relies on Crosby. He relies on uh, Crosby didn't play at the beginning of the year, and Gensel still scored 40 goals. Malkin didn't play at the, at the beginning of the year. Gensel school scored 40 goals. So I think we're past the point now where we could point at, at that and say that it's this definitive he's playing with really good players. No, it's more. There's more. Um, and we have, we have to tap into the what behind that. No kidding. Jesse Marshall, my guest from The Athletic. Hey, this has been awesome, but I got two more for you. And I, I want to go back to the regular season. That Shesterkin wave at the end of a regular season win. You're around the team so often. Do you think that actually might have motivated them more than, and I know it's talked about a lot, but there's little things in life that do motivate hockey players. How much do you think that got talked about in the room? I don't think it did a lot. I don't. I think the, the fallout from it, Cody, there is. I think there is fallout from it. The fallout from it is last night, up 7-2, to two, putting out the top power play unit with three, four minutes left in the game. To me, that's like, you want to wave, okay? You want to make a scene. Here you go. Like, we're not going to stop. Like, we're going we're gonna to try to put 10 up, right? Like, that's, that to me is the response. You know, you get an opportunity to run the score up on these guys because they want to chirp and wave a little bit, like go for it. But as far as like a motivating factor, I don't think so. I think this team had so much internal focus at that moment, right? There was like so many things that were wrong and bad, <laughs> not going great. But I think like they immediately turned that microscope on themselves and were like, okay, like we got to get into the film room here, take some time away from the ice and really try to figure out what's happening. Uh, and I think that that changes a lot. Okay. I got my last one. It's kind of a two part one. One, how does Tristan Jari look in practice? And you know, two, is there any chance we see him in this series in your opinion? 
Okay, so the, to the first party question, I've only seen the video. I haven't been at practice. That's during my daughter's nap time. So I'm here most of the time taking care of that business. Uh, but, I mean, this, this is, what this is, he looks fine, Cody. It's a, we know what it is. It's a question of pain management, right? Like, how much can he take on what we assume, there's no confirmation because the NHL doesn't do that anymore, but if what we assume is a broken bone in the foot. So you're talking about pushing off to get post to post. You're talking about all those things. You can do those things, right? But it's probably going to hurt. So cortisone shots, right? Like you're getting pain management stuff. How does that look? That's probably, I assume, what's being tested right now, right? Uh, I think if he gets healthy, I, what I don't think will happen, Cody, is knowing Mike Sullivan, Mike Sullivan will put him in the moment he he's ready to. Because look at how he handled the Flurry Murray situation all those years. There was no hesitance to go back to the guy he considered to be his guy. He won't wait. Um, I don't think that'll be in Game Five. Um, but I do, you know, uh, irrespective of a Deming shutout, which I think would give him pause to consideration of maybe letting it roll a little longer. <laughs> Uh, but I think organically from a timetable perspective, right, if you close this thing out in five, finish the job, you have a rest period, right? You are organically going to potentially have days off before your next series starts. So I think they go to Ming five. They hope they finish, reassess. If Jari's ready, he probably plays six. Interesting. So I, I was kind of thinking in my head that Deming probably gets five and six no matter what, because I didn't think he looked that great in the video. I thought he was pretty ginger, and you know how fast NHL playoffs are, especially a team like the Rangers, where you're going to need to you know be able to go side to side with how they move the puck. I don't know. I feel like that could be a bigger issue versus, you know, maybe a static team like the LA Kings per se, but interesting, interesting. Jesse, I would this say is this, that, oh. Cody, the only thing you have to be careful with is that you don't know what the ask on Jari was when they told him to go out, right? Cause they probably told him to go out with a purpose. It may yeah. have been go out and see how you feel, go out and get your wind, right? That could be it, but they could also have said, go out and test this, go out and see how this feels. Um, and then, you know, I think ultimately that puts you in a situation where maybe he looks ginger to us, but what, what's really going on is he's just he's putting out a 25%, uh, you know, effort on one specific drill. So, and I don't know, Andy Kyoto is sort of like, I don't want to say secretive, um, but he, he, there's not a lot of like disclosure around what's going on with the goalie. So I take everything in that world with a grain of salt because I think so much of it is just like, not for show, but you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot going on that we just don't have access to. So per Jesse Marshall, it's all mental warfare right now, and Tristan Jari's faking it. We'll write the headlines There you for go. You. That's it. Run with it. Print it. <laughs> Jesse, this has been a blast, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll wrap up the show after this. It's Cody Jansen coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios. Get ready to win with Billy's Smelling Salts. 
Billy's Smelling Salts are for gamers, athletes, and competitors alike who want to get in the zone. Us at World Hockey Report teamed up with Billy's, and if you use the promo code WHR when checking out, you'll save yourself some money. The highest quality smelling salts in the game and at the best price point if you use the promo code WHR on Billy's. Billy's Smelling Salts. Get ready to win. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Take your game to the next level with Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. Pro Rock is changing the way we buy top-of-the-line twigs. They're lightweight, balanced, and provide the perfect kick point. Whether you're a pro hockey player or a beer league legend, Pro Rock Hockey Sticks are made for you. They're at a price point you can't beat, so check them out today at ProRock.com. Play like a Pro Rock. It's Stanley Cup playoff time in the NHL. And if you want to save some money on your next ticket purchase, sign up for SeatGeek and use promo code WHR when checking out. It's that simple on SeatGeek. When you use promo code WHR on your first purchase, you'll save What we do here is go back, 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 back. Huge thanks to Jesse Marshall and Sarah Griffin for hopping on the show today as we wrap things up on World Hockey Report. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are watching from the Hockey Podcast Network, 12-Ounce Sports or Zingo TV. It's Cody Jansen. Follow me on Twitter at Janner on PXP. The show's at World Hockey RPT. And Tyler Cool, T. Cool, the man who hosts uh, Tuesdays, and every other Thursday at TJKU29 on Twitter. You can go hit him up there if you got any uh, all complaints. Just direct them towards Tyler. He cool can handle it. He's the man. Okay, we got to get to some NHL awards and give me thoughts. We got like a minute. Yeah, about a minute or so. Okay, uh, defenseman for the Norris, Kale McCarr, Roman Yossi. Totally drawing a blank on the third. Might be, is it Adam Fox? I don't even know. I am just absolutely drawn. I was going to go off memory here. I, it really doesn't matter. It's between those two. Roman Yossi's probably going to win because the idiots voting just like take it as a stats award. So it's just the highest scoring D-man. 
And so, but I mean, the best defenseman in the NHL, no doubt about it, is Kiel McCarr. Like, let's be real here. Your Vesna finalist, uh, Markstrom, Shesterkin, and Saros. Shesterkin had the best numbers. Markstrom probably had, you know, one of the best seasons in a sense of, I mean, if you're going to look back on it, you'll be like, well, Shesterkin was great, but he sucked in playoffs. Markstrom, at least they got a chance to come out of the first round and, you know, Go on an actual run. Saros, obviously, his year gets cut short. Injuries, that sucks. So it's likely Shesterkin's to lose. But I think Markstrom, you know, joins the conversation. And the Calder Trophy finalists are out as well. Bunting, Sider, and Zegris. This is Sider all day long. Like, no chance Bunting gets in. Just because he wears a Leaf sweater doesn't mean you deserve to be a finalist. And Zegris, great player, great guy for the league. He ain't Moritz Sider right now. So, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's ciders to absolutely lose. Okay, we got to dive into tonight's games, though. There is three games on tap in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Pittsburgh at New York. The Garden's going to be buzzing. Rangers playing for their lives. It's clear you don't start Georgiev here. Like, obviously, Shostorkin's getting the start. But at what point do you consider going to Georgiev? If Shostorkin has a rough start. I don't know. Could the Pans win this in five? And if they do win it in five, as Jesse said, that's huge because that's a rest, period. For Tristan Jari, you can, you know, kind of say, hey, Louis, thanks for getting us this far. Uh, Yeah, Jari's going to be our guy. We're just going to hammer him with cortisone every single morning. Interested to see how this one plays out again. If you got a prediction, hit us up in the conversation. Washington at Florida. I mean, kind of impressive. Washington's at 2-2 so far in this series. I think you hammer Florida in regulation on this one, though. Their offense, it ain't going anywhere. Washington's still skeptical between the pipes. Let's be real. And then Dallas is in Calgary. That series tied at two apiece as well. I like the Flames at home. Their offense kind of started to figure it out in Dallas in game four. I don't mind that one. Like, if I'm betting again, probably you take the under six and a half. Like, just buy up a little bit over the five and a half. Give yourself that little bit of a cushion just so that you don't have to, you know, stay up till midnight watching the game, worrying, sweating out on over six and a, or over five and a half. Just buy up to six and a half. Have yourself a nice sleep. Enjoy that one. Flames on home ice, so they should win in regulation. I think they're going to finally solve Jake Ottinger. I think this one, dare I say, could be done in six. I think so. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Flames, they're getting it done tonight on home ice. Huge thanks, though, once again to Sarah Griffin, Jesse Marshall for hopping on the show today. And don't forget, if you missed any of it, conversation, uh, the podcast is going to be up on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Don't forget, support Pro Rock, support SeatGeek, DraftKings, Billy Smelling Salts, Quack Stats, Player Golf, everyone who makes this show possible. It's World Hockey Report, and we will see you. What? I guess Tyler's going to talk to you tomorrow. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Everyone, as always, be kind, be better. Be better.